As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome down to dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlex, part of The Athletic Podcast Network. Good to be back. We were off on Monday, and now we're back with my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Down to Dunkers. <laughs> it's Wednesday at around 2.23 p.m. Central Time. If you are joining us live, we're really glad that you did. And uh, today we have a lot to talk about. I'm a little bit glad we waited. We were going to record last night, and I had a tremendous amount of things to do after the giant uh, Damian Lillard game that occurred, and we couldn't record, but we had some some wild NBA news, news that a little Hankus would like to, to hear about. Yeah, he, he's pumped. He's pumped about this, and... We were texting about it, and it just felt like almost too much, where it's like, okay, Danny Ainge is stepping down. Okay, not terribly surprising with how poorly things have gone and how this Celtics team has kind of like started to disintegrate through the years with its role players and like the Kyrie Irving stuff and Al Horford leaving, and then you bring in Kemba Walker, but that doesn't work out. Okay, like we get it. But then immediately, Brad Stevens is taken from the coaching seat and given the GM chair, or I guess president of basketball ops chair, it's just like, whoa, like it's just kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of fan bases, including the Thunder fan base, has been in this position where you can just feel that your team has reached, like they're stuck in the mud for whatever reason. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. And so... You obviously are rooting for your team, but in the back of your head, there's a part of you that's like, I almost just want them to lose so that they'll blow things up. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sick of watching what is happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, I felt this way after the the Blazers series back that last Russ and PG era, where it was just like, this team is going nowhere. Yeah. Like, nothing is happening here. I don't think they're going to blow it up, but it, it would maybe this will be the thing that causes it. And who knew? <laughs> we didn't know what was about to happen. But I'm just like... I'm fascinated by the Celtics fans because I know that they felt that way a lot of this year. 
But then for this to happen, it's almost like, okay, oh, I right, slow down a little bit. <laughs> right. like, you don't have to blow everything up. <laughs> I know. And it, it's so intriguing because I was talking with Jared Weiss earlier today. And I'm like, is there a better coaching candidate out there than Brad Stevens? Like, is, can, they, uh, can they actually upgrade this spot? Is that even possible? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I was just listening to the this Rosillo podcast and the first name that was brought up was Chauncey Billups. Yeah. But the other name that's been brought up is like the Ohio State men's basketball head coach, which would be more in line with what they did when they decided to hire Brad Stevens. Yeah. And you don't know if that's going to influence at all. But yeah, I'm fascinated to see where they decide to go because it seems like from some of the reporting, at least one of the reasons that Brad Stevens wanted to get away from coaching was just how difficult it was to coach like the new generation of players. Like that's the way they're framing right. it. And granted, he did have a really tough season that last season with Kyrie. But you wonder if a former player like a Chauncey Bilbs then makes sense for the organization if they decide to go in that route because you feel like, okay, this guy is going to be better at that than just taking another guy out of college and expecting him to make that huge jump to the NBA. So I'm fascinated to see what they do with their coaching. Uh, but yeah, Brad Stevens not being their coach anymore is just huge. He's like is. easily a top 10 coach in the league, yeah. was probably a top five coach in everyone's mind for the better part of the last decade. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, Chris Mannix asked the question on Twitter years ago. Would, yeah. would you rather have a player or Brad Stevens? Like any player or Brad Stevens? And it wasn't, it wasn't 100 to zero. It was like 63 to 37%. 37% picked Brad Stevens back then. That is how in high regard he was held. Oh, it is so wild. And then Ainge, who really, he, he makes you think that he's going somewhere else with the way that things are, things are kind of playing out. I would not be shocked to see him land somewhere else. And it's already, Utah is already being rumored. Uh, out there, I can't remember. Was it Mannix? I think it may have been Chris Mannix that tweeted that. Um, so it's just—it's going to be wild, he's, man. He, he's best friends with—is it their the new owner? He's best friends with someone on the, the new. Oh, okay, because they went to like BYU together. Yeah. So it's and yeah, he's—it's kind of a homecoming of sorts uh, for for Danny Ainge too. It's just going to—that's just going to be very. If that comes true, it's just going to be very very strange. Uh, to see all that unfold. I mean, if you just set aside, like, like if you, if Brad Stevens was coming to this fresh, and let's say he was qualified to be a GM and qualified to be a coach, like, would you rather have the Celtics coaching job or the Celtics GM job? Because I feel like the GM job right now for the Celtics is way harder. Oh. Like, Danny Ainge has not exactly left them in a great position. I mean, they're one tradable asset, it seems, because they, they're not going to trade Tatum and Brown, or at least we think that, yeah. is Marcus Smart. And every time I hear Marcus Smart get brought up, it's like, who are you getting from Marcus Smart that's better or even equal to Marcus Smart? Yeah. I mean, this is a team that's been in the conference finals like three of the last five years or whatever. And so ostensibly, they would want to continue competing. And like, who are you getting by trading away Marcus Smart? No, Yeah, I don't think you, I don't, know. I don't know that you can get better value than that. Than what you have with, and them then you already. factor in that they're they're nearing the the tax limit mm-hmm. because they have these huge contracts. One of which is Kemba Walker, which feels untradeable. Though maybe we should talk about some of the Thunder ideas that have been thrown out for that. 
And I just think this GM job is like terrifying, <laughs> especially for a first time GM. Yeah. Why is, yeah. Why is Brad choosing that over coaching? Cause then at least you can be like, yeah, I can't, I don't have a lot to work with at this roster. And now I, every, like everything is on his shoulders. I mean, everything. And the other thing you could argue, it's not even like this Celtics team was some like veteran laden team that he couldn't reach. Like, you would think that a guy who's coming from the college ranks, like he would thrive in a situation where it's mostly young guys on the team. Yeah. And apparently that, that was like the, I mean, this is obviously like the season that broke the camel's back or whatever, because he's deciding to leave coaching. Yeah. It's just, it, it's really unbelievable. <laughs> so crazy. That... And there, and there was the report. We didn't even bring it up. There was a report that the, they were initially looking at Sam Presti. They considered pursuing him, Andrew. I mean, KOC said that. Of course. I mean, I think that you can write that anytime a GM, like anytime a GM job opens in a major city, you can always say like Sam Presti was considered. Because I think they'd be, you'd yeah. be dumb not to. They'd be dumb not to at least make a phone call and say, you know, how much do you love being an OKC? Like, how much do you love your situation? And right. and if Sam. Let's say it was like pre-Paul George Westbrook trades. If you're Sam, like you may be like, okay, you know. But I think that he's right. set up a situation at this point where you kind of have to see it through. Like you almost like it's too intriguing not to see it through and at least see what happens. Because it it'd be similar to like where the Sixers are today, where Hinky got them to this place acquired all these assets and then didn't get to see it through and then other people get to take credit for it but it was really all the work that Sam Hinkie did on the front end that got them everything they have today and so if if you're Sam Presti you want to see that through you want to I mean and he has more assets than what Sam Hinkie did and he's at a better starting place than Sam Hinkie and he's you know, depending on what happens with the draft lottery, he should be in a much better draft than Sam Inky ever had, too. So. Well, again, like, leave aside that he's from Massachusetts. He, I think he was a Celtics fan growing mm-hmm. up. Like, what is a better GM job right now? <laughs> I think right. most most people initially would say the Celtics because, like, they've been good, yeah. very good recently, and they have the two stars. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the two stars, but I think all Thunder fans agree we have one star, and I think we would put him at least on the level of Jalen Brown, even though even if there's a lot of people in the country who wouldn't yeah. do that. And then you start comparing just like the pick assets, the the contracts that are currently on the books, the amount of power he would have in Boston versus what he has in OKC, and it does start to seem like an easy choice. Yeah, I think the only like you, the you only would, thing is you're in the Eastern Conference, and to build a team that does something in the Eastern Conference is not as difficult as it is in the West. Does that even matter any more though with the Nets? It's like, I mean, the Nets, the, the East hasn't had a, a team I, other than I, I. I would say I would say it matters in, in this way, in that making the playoffs in the East is still not that hard to do. Oh, for sure. In the Western Conference, in the Western Conference, it's going teams. to be really hard. Like if that Thunder team, if the Thunder team that from this past season, and you just kept everything intact and Shea stays healthy and everything goes perfectly health wise. You just throw that team in the Eastern Conference, like they make the play in. Right. Yeah. So that's absolutely that's why it's um that's why it's an easier job. Like success looks a lot 
it, like right now with the Hawks, like the Hawks have been fine this season. They're a decent team. Right now they look awesome, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this is the fifth seed or the fourth seed getting in. This is incredible. Look what the huge jump they made when they probably didn't make that big of a jump. It's just that all those teams at the back half of the East really suck. And it makes right. you look so much better. Like it makes the coaches look better. It makes the GM look better. It makes everybody look better just because you get in. Like even the Knicks, like the Knicks aren't, they weren't that great of a team this year. They just were better than the crap that's at the back of the East. But see, that's the difference between those teams and the Celtics because the Celtics do have a recent history of success. So you're not just coming in and like making the playoffs is good enough. I mean, they were. Celtics were going insane this year because they were bordering on maybe not making the playoffs. And so I, I do think there'd be a ton more pressure. I mean, Sam Presti's approval rating, I mean, who knows? We're kind of in our own little bubble. But I would have to imagine among like the hardcore fans, it's very, very high. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I, I do think that, yes, the Twitter bubble, it's, it's high. But I do think that there is a group of people that don't quite understand the vision and that people that don't quite get it. And I've even had people tweeting at me recently saying that they don't like the direction of the team. It's like, just, will you just wait? <laughs> like the draft hasn't even happened. Like chill. I know literally <laughs> one year without playoffs. Yes. Literally like, they, ta- since they 2014, they tanked for 30 games. Like that was it. They didn't even yeah. tank a whole season. And we're on people are already like, all right, Throw this strategy. You don't know, like you don't know what it is to struggle. Even the Lakers saw years like prior to the Shaq and Kobe years. Like they saw like a lot of struggle, and then even after the Kobe years were over, they saw a lot of struggle before they got back on top. Well, and let's be honest, if they had kept Russell Westbrook and it had gotten bad like it did at the end of Kobe's career. Like there would still be a lot of Thunder fans who would be perfectly satisfied with that, just because Russ would still be on the team. Yeah. Like I, I think you have to factor that in as well. Yeah. But okay, let's. I want to ask you because I've seen it. I it was in some athletic article, but just throwing out the idea of you know if you're the Celtics, you're pushing up against the luxury tax. The real way to lighten that load would be getting rid of Kemba Walker. Yeah. Which is very hard to do. Yep. But. And you're probably going to have to trade him for another bad contract in the league, mm-hmm. one of which is Al Horford. And Al Horford saves you a little bit of money this year, but it saves you a lot of money in that second year because only $14 million is guaranteed if they wanted to just get rid of him. Would you be interested in that type of a deal, bringing in Kemba Walker, and what would you have to get back to make it worth it? Oh, man. Because can you really bring in Kemba Walker and not play him or wait a year to buy him out. Like, I, or can you buy him out immediately? I mean, that, I think that that would be really hard to do as well. Yeah, I'd like to see what happens in the draft first. Uh, let's say like Evan Mobley's the only player they get at the top, and then they get whoever at the back half. Then I would probably consider it because I don't think that you can bring him in and just like never play him. I think that they play him some. I think that it looks probably a little bit like Al Horford, the Al Horford situation did this year. And he can play alongside Shea some and because he can spot up shoot and whatever. You know, it doesn't really, doesn't, functionally, it doesn't really matter. But if it's like, 
if they somehow luck into the number one pick or if they get Jalen Suggs or then I'm just like, don't, don't even bother because I'd rather, like, I'd rather develop Teo at that point than bring, yeah, bring in true. Kemba. Uh, they'd have, to, it would have to be their first, which I think is like 16. Is that right? The 16th yeah. pick, like give me the 16th pick and give me a pick swap. You know, it, it, like as far as you can kick the can down the road, give me a pick swap. And that, and that, it doesn't scare me, but it, like that type of a trade almost forces you into a consolidation trade this year, because then you're looking at three first round picks and that early second, and two other seconds. Like you're gonna have to do something. Oh yeah, like, well it's there's just, a point that, of diminishing returns with all these picks. Yeah, well. You use it, you use them somehow to, you can use that 16th pick this season. You can do what they did. I mean, they did this with the Eric Bledsoe pick that they had years ago is that they traded that pick for a future Clippers pick that they ended up using for something else. You know, you don't have to use it on a player. It's just another, right. it's just another asset that you have that you didn't have before. And... I'm not saying, oh, you need to take somebody there. But maybe they like somebody there, and then they do something with their seconds and trade out. But yeah, eventually, yes. But also, if you're somebody that wants the Thunder to get another lottery pick next year, just take a bunch of rookies and and play them. <laughs> you know, play them with oh, Shea. Sure. And like, it, it's, hard, it's hard for an entire season to, to buoy a team of if you're going to play like three or four rookies, that's going to be hard to do. It's going to be hard to buoy that team to the play-in. And they'll be better, than, they'll finish in a better slot than they did this season, but it's still like you may have like seventh, the seventh or eighth best odds. And then you give yourself a chance, right? You give yourself a chance to get another high pick. Or you pick at seven, and perhaps you hit. You know, like that's, that's to me, that's what the Thunder need to do. And I don't, unless injury strikes them again, I don't know that they can get back to the bottom of the barrel. But if they could, you know, hit in this draft and then improve marginally, get like the sixth or seventh or eighth pick in the next draft, and then you're talking about building towards something to where maybe you start to look to use these assets in trade to find somebody or you use players and picks to consolidate to go get whatever you know if you feel like you've hit on like two or three guys and that's where trading for Kemba is dicey because the type of veteran I would want OKC to trade for um, would probably be someone like Al Horford who's a little bit older isn't necessary or is okay with not playing a huge amount immediately and isn't like a lead guard mm-hmm. because I just I don't like I want the ball in Shea's hands obviously I want the ball in Teo's hands I want the ball I'd rather see the ball Boku. in Boone's hands because he needs to get better you know need the ball in Poku's hands like all these guys who I'd rather see the ball in their hands yeah. and just giving all those possessions away to someone like Kemba Walker I just don't think makes sense for the team where they are right now yeah it made sense last year when you had Dennis Schroeder and Chris Paul like yeah sure like, like we didn't Shea wasn't really at that point yet mm-hmm. where you wanted to give him everything. Sure. But at this point, like I'd rather have Al Horford than Kimba Walker. And I don't even know if like the 16th pick is enough for, to change my mind. Yeah. 
it would be the ultimate test of like the thunder flipping game, right? Where like Chris Paul was one of those, Schroeder was one of those, Mello was one of those. Like, can you actually flip this guy for something? Like even equal value or whatever it is. Like, can you actually do it? And and the runway is short. It's much like shorter. You have to do it this year. Yeah, you got to figure it out quick. I wouldn't. I don't think I would do it. I really don't. But I also don't like know. You what would else. have to trade him by the trade deadline because if you if you don't, like I don't really think you're getting anything for the expiring Kemba Walker contract the following summer, and especially not at the next trade deadline. Yeah, maybe you just buy him out at that point. Yeah, you probably would. Which the Thunder don't do. But it's something we talk about them doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, Hank is Hank is really into this Celtic stuff, man. God, can you hear him? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's we, really funny. We, we we went on vacation. We went on vacation, and he uh, since we got him back, he just is whimpering all the time. He's just. I, I hope that means they didn't do anything to him. But he's just been a mess. He just he can't believe you guys would leave him. You just can't believe it. Uh, Sorry, bro. Let's go to the stream real quick. And uh, let's see who's here with us. We have Kyle Clark here. We have Tyler Field. Uh, let's see. Lawrence Field. Uh, Jack Cole. Uh, Tyler Kendrick. We have Warner West. Zach Prince. Chad Scott. Uh, let's see. Tyler Kendrick is from Mobile, Alabama. Chad Scott is in Yukon, Oklahoma. Brian Wilson in Madison, Wisconsin. Nathan Creamer saying the Wednesday pod is the best pod. Uh, we have, uh, Lawrence Field, who is in Florida. We have Josh Smalley is in Ethiopia. His handle is a traveling teacher. I think he has a YouTube page himself. Pretty cool. Zach Prince is in Medford, Oklahoma. Tyler Rebert is in Tulsa. We have David Cook in Tempe. We have Paul Chi in Jamaica. Warner West uh, is watching with his wife in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, Blake Lee is in Longview, Texas. <laughs> Evan Christian says, you're the man, Schlecht. You're the man. Uh, let's see. Falcon, Denmark. Evan Christian is in Tulsa. Jessica in Los Angeles. We have Hermes in Greece. We have Miroslav in Germany. We have Penny watching from Tulsa. Hello, Penny. And uh, Kyle S. in Hawaii. Oh, my gosh. I want to be in Hawaii. Never been. Would like to go. Uh, w. Rose, 27, Lexington, Kentucky. Dylan Walker from Neptune. Toke, 420 from Edmund. Great. All right. Hope everybody's doing well. Jesse Holland watching from his parents' basement. We will be right back after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back from that quick break. Alex, uh, you want to talk some 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 Mitchich news? Ah, uh, yes, Mitchich news. Mitchich to NBA. This is from Et Osma Sasa 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 Osma. Where are they from? Um, this is a journalist for Sport Club, basketball and tennis lover. They tweeted, Mitchich to NBA, not a done deal. His agent, speaking to an online source, says he is ready to be a great player in the NBA, but I am not sure it will happen this year. I won't allow for Mitchich to have the same faith in the NBA as Spanulis did to sit on the bench. And I looked up Spanulis, Vasilis Spanulis, mm-hmm. and he played for the Rockets for 31 games back in the 06 season. And apparently came over and just rode the bench the whole time. So I think this is really interesting for multiple reasons. Um, And it's, I mean, obviously there's some posturing going on here. Yeah. But it makes me think more about Mitchich as a trade asset as opposed to a player that could be on the Thunder. Sure. Because clearly he's had an amazing season. Um, He was just named MVP, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he's EuroLeague MVP, and then he they won the title, and he was the Finals MVP in the EuroLeague too. So, yeah. Pretty so good. looking around the league, now this team doesn't have any assets, but a team like the Clippers, like that, seems like the type of team where it would make a lot, a lot of sense to bring over Mitchich, basically put the ball in his hands, yeah. and he would automatically be on a really good team if that's what he's looking for. If what he's looking for is just yeah. guaranteed playing time which is what Spanulis did not get in Houston, then the Thunder could potentially be an option. But the fact that they're already saying stuff like this makes me think that they're not necessarily itching to get to Oklahoma City. But who knows? So I'm starting to think more about, like, who would be a good trade target for Mitchich? Like, what what teams around the league would be willing to invest in a guard like this? Maybe they're not happy with their guards would be able to give him significant playing time and are also a decent team. Any other teams than the Clippers that come to mind? I mean, what about the Boston Celtics? What are you, yeah. what are you, what are you looking, what are you looking for if you're the Thunder in a trade to get him, to like to get him somewhere else? Like, what do you want back? It's really tough. Cause it, it feels like a first round pick is asking too much. So, I mean, we talked about that 16th pick from the Celtics. Would that be a fair deal for you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would absolutely do that in a second. Okay. Because, like, we don't know anything about Mitchich. 
No, no, anything. Yeah. I mean, he's more of a known quantity than so, than a lot of these young guys, though. And he could, so are a lot of the yearly guys that have come over and failed. Sure. Like, there's no reason for me to think, like, for me to guarantee that this guy's going to stick in the NBA. Yeah. In a way that, you know, like Juan Carlos Navarro didn't. So, yeah, yeah if, if you could get a first round pick for that guy, especially if you know that the reason his agent is saying this is because he specifically just isn't interested in being on a rebuilding team or, or, or just being in Oklahoma City, whatever, mm-hmm. then yeah, I, w- I would absolutely do it. Yeah. I mean, he was a throw in, essentially. Yeah. For us. Feels like a throw in. I, I, th- I think that that was probably like heavily negotiated by the Thunder to get him, at least to get his rights. Because I do think right. that he's, I think he's valuable. I think other teams view him as valuable. Yeah, Andrew Lindgren in the chat said that Dallas would be a good fit too. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting situation to monitor because my guess is that he will be in the NBA next year. And will he wear a Thunder uniform or will he be traded? I don't know. And that's also like the Kemba stuff too. Like what if what if he agrees to come play for the Thunder? Like you're not trading for Kimball Walker. <laughs> That's just not happening. I just, the more I think about it, the more I just think there's just no chance that Kimba is a Thunder player next year. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. I think they find a different landing spot for Horford. And even even if you're try, if you're trying to have a good team, if you could just talk Horford into doing one more year with you, I mean that's to me it's not the worst thing in the world because the the odds of you getting something back that's really good is pretty low and having a guy like Horford around is not the worst thing in the world. However, I do think he will get traded, but I, I, I mean, I think he was good for a lot of the players on this last year's team. And if you do draft in Evan Mobley, like there's, it's not a bad situation to, to still have Horford here, at least for one more year to just kind of mentor him. I think, yeah. I think those kind of things are pretty valuable. So I guess what I need to learn is does anyone else in the NBA really care about Mitchich? Like are there teams that are interested in him? Because you would think that a team like the Sixers would obviously be a team that would be interested in having another ball handler yeah. in that group. And they gave him away. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I just question his value. Obviously he's super accomplished and has been amazing in the EuroLeague, but I don't have a good feel for what his value is across the league or what I, his interest. I don't really know either. My guess is that since he's gotten these accolades over this last year and seemingly improved over this last year, that maybe it's a little higher than it was when the Sixers traded him. Yeah. But again, I don't know. And it would probably be very team dependent, right? Like who's like who oh, are the, like sure. the best like international scouting teams like Denver comes to mind right like would Denver trade for him because he's way like, in theory he's way more of a guy that's ready to play yeah. now play now and I like that Denver can use all the guys they can get right I mean they had to they yeah. had to pull Austin Rivers off the scrap heap and he plays a major role for them so especially when you consider. Murray's not going to be back until no! next spring. I know, man. That Murray like, injury is so bad. They they legitimately could use another guard. Like in obviously they have Monty Morris, but they could use another lead ball handler for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. What could what could we get? What could we get? Would you take bowl bowl? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do they have anyone else that would be interesting? I mean, they had Hampton, who I who I was really interested in. Yeah, like I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, but he's not there, so it'd have to I be. Think some, we have their pick this year. Yeah, it'd have to be some kind of future asset. Uh, yeah, like I I would I would do similar to what we did with like the Clippers and just say like as far down as you can give us, give us an unprotected pick or give us a top four protected pick as far down the road as you can and we'll give you Mitchich. See that I mean I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but that would really like shock my brain in terms of how he's <laughs> viewed in the NBA. Yeah. But I mean that would be the team that would properly value him. Yeah, it's all about but it's all if, about the evaluation. And I'm saying like that's just an example. I don't know what I don't know how other teams value him. Maybe they don't value him at all. Maybe they're like, hey we'll give you the thirty seventh pick for him. Then it's just like okay, whatever, we'll just try him. You know, maybe he maybe right. he's good and then we can trade him later. Or maybe he's good and he yeah. becomes a part of this team. Like I don't know. I, I have no clue. I have no idea what to expect. But yes, there's a lot of posturing and, and it, going on right now with Mitchich, I would say. And, and if you're looking at it from the Thunder's perspective, like they legitimately probably cannot guarantee him anything right now. Yeah. Because if you land Cade Cunningham or if you land Jalen Suggs, yeah. all of a sudden that backcourt's a lot more crowded than it was a couple months ago. Yeah. And maybe Mitchich doesn't feel like there's enough playing time available for him. Yeah. The good thing about Mitchich is that he's bigger and it's similar to like a lot of the other guys on this team is that they can play multiple positions and that you can play three guard yeah. lineups and you can do a lot of things. You're not locked into just you're a point guard, you're a shooting guard. I mean, Shea is one through three. Cade would be one, two, one through three. Uh, Dort is two and three. Teo is probably the only guy that's locked into a position, although like he can spot up shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there, there's a lot there. It's intri- It's one of the like very small storylines of this summer because there are giant things happening for the franchise this summer, like earth-shattering things happening in the next twenty days for the Thunder. But it's also like just like who is going to the draft lottery? Who is it? Number one. Who do you think? Who should go? Who would you pick? <sighs> I mean, I would pick Poku. Who do I think will go? Man, seeing Shea there would mean a lot. It would be cool, honestly. Yeah, just having the face of the franchise there. Yeah, it doesn't have. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to do it. I won't be upset, but it would be cool if Shea was there. Who's the most disappointing person? If if they showed up on at the lottery, you'd be like, really him? Oh man, I mean, I don't really like dislike anyone. I mean, I guess Horford would be a weird choice. <laughs> That would just be weird. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if that would be like really him. It'd be like, what? <laughs> be really awkward, kind of. Um, you know who would be a good one? Mike huh. Muscala. Put, uh, put Mike out there. If they got the number one pick, guaranteed tears. Guaranteed tears. Oh, yeah. I'd love it. From I, everyone. I, I, I freaking love Mike Muscala. Like, that I guy think, is I so great. Actually, I was about to say he's a good luck charm, but he did hit that shot that lost as a first-round pick, so maybe he's not a But maybe that's good, good karma. Right? Maybe that's good karma, that the good karma that we need, yeah, where it's like, true. We, could, we, could, we could live either way, basketball gods, <laughs> whatever you'd like we to do, care. whatever you'd like to do. And then Mike brings that, maybe, maybe that's what we need. 
is we we think of Mike as like the the tank destroyer, but maybe he's the one that brings us luck. Uh, that guy's great. I I hope Mike Muscala is around forever. I hope that he's like like the Nick Collison of this team. I just think he's great. <laughs> Oh man, Alex, you want to take a spin on Tankathon real quick? Sure. Why not? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> oh, we have 20 days until the lottery. Uh, our friend Penny points that out here in the stream. Gosh, I'm gonna be a mess that whole day. I don't know how I'm gonna get through it. I I don't feel as bad anymore. Um, because the only thing I'm really worried about is getting only the seventh pick. Even if we got only the sixth pick, I'm actually still feeling positive about that. Why is that? Um, it would obviously be... Uh, I just... Th- there are some players in that range who I think the Thunder would still be very excited. Is this just a choice that you're making? Are you just choosing positivity? No. no. Okay. Okay. No. All right. No, that's not it at all. It's not it at all. I w- I'm just saying... Thunder having first choice of the non-top five guys isn't the worst thing in the world because yeah. we all agree that that top five isn't going to be the five best players from this draft. It never works that way. Yeah. So, yes, that is like the seeming tier that everyone has agreed to, mm-hmm. but there's going to be someone outside of that top five, and the Thunder had the first choice on that person. That's how I'm going to spin it, Andrew. Okay. Feels good. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Oh gosh. Go. oh gosh. No! Oh, the first one, number one oh. and number five. Gosh. What would you do? Like, what's your what's your mental plan if that actually does happen? Well, I mean, we we'll probably be doing a pod or at least have a pod afterwards. Have to. Have um, to. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be super intense because as those names are counting down, we're gonna start to know pretty quick, like Oh well, no. Four teams have to ju- four teams have to jump us for us to get the eighth pick. So if that doesn't happen, yeah, we're go- we're gonna know. Okay, so it's either seven or six, and then we're gonna be learning as it goes on. So if we got the one and five, oh, and by the way, you would find out about the five first. Yes, because it would say because when they draw it, it would say Houston. No, no, it wouldn't. It says it'll say Oklahoma. It no, 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 it'll say Oklahoma City via Houston. Is how the card. Okay, so we will know that it's the Houston pick though. Yes, it will say on there. Yeah, who, so that where it's at from. that point it's it's gravy because it's like who cares what else we get? Yes, yeah. So, we, yeah if, we, we if it's all Houston's pick, even if it's four, like who cares? You get four yeah. and five. Shoot, man! It, I don't care what the combination is. Obviously, like this right here, like pipe dream. Like if that's what happened, I I would lose it. I would absolutely well, lose it. And listen, 80% of these emotions are about what the Thunder are getting, but uh, we can't ignore, and we should remind ourselves, that 20% at least of this is seeing Houston have to give up that pick. Yeah. Like, that in and of itself is a win. Even if yeah. it was to another team, I would I would feel good about that. <laughs> that's a part, yeah. That's, <laughs> you'd have to do a Deborah Buckets trivia hour. Or not trivia hour, just yeah, a Deborah uh, Buckets uh, basketball hour. You'd have to. I'd force you I would you feel into joy it. regardless. So yeah. yeah, one in five, man. It would just that would be a, a celebratory night. Yep. And in this scenario, crack open a few drinks. In this scenario, San Antonio jumps up from nine to three, and that like that right there just like saves. That's like that's what's this is what saves the San Antonio franchise from being mediocre forever, right? 
Because if they just pick at nine, it's like, okay, like maybe you get somebody, maybe not, I don't know. But if they get all the way up to three, that's a great environment for whoever to develop in. And then like Minnesota loses their pick. Like this is a, this is a really interesting outcome. Yeah, and Orlando, and this this is like very realistic because they're definitely getting. Well, I guess I shouldn't say they're definitely getting two picks because if the Chicago pick is top three or four, they don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like getting two and nine. I mean, that completely changes their franchise. Yep. Yep. I can't definitely. wait. It's going to be a miserable day, <laughs> but I'm. I'm already feeling pretty positive. Yeah. Let's take another spin real quick before we go. See, here's your here's your positivity. Like, spin your positivity yeah. here. Like, Houston stays at one. Chicago bumps up to two. Like, that's a Which rough they one. they keep. Yeah. They keep it there. OKC's at six and 18. Like, that's... This is, like, one that's of fine. the... It's fine. It's not, a, it's not great. It's not a great scenario. It's the second... It's the second worst scenario yeah i mean honestly like one and five would be great i just just give me just give me one pick in the top four is is really all that i care about like give me give us give us a shot to get one of those guys whoever whoever falls to four i don't care and they're all so incredibly talented and with just seeing what the thunder have been able to do with like no guys that have been drafted there I just I'd be very intrigued to see what they could do if with a guy that's picked in that range, uh, with like as obsessive as the Thunder are about development, and as obsessive as the coaching staff is about it. I just would love to see them with a blue chip, like a real blue chip prospect. I'm not saying that Shea is not like Shea definitely is. Obviously, he's a guy that could be a potential number one guy on a on a great team. It's awesome, but he was still picked at the latter half of the lottery. Like they haven't had a chance to get a guy that was supposed to be there, you know, that's supposed to be a number one type of guy. Uh, I just want to see it. I just want to see what they can so do. So are you, by saying the top four picks, are, are you feeling more down on Kaminga lately? Because I've seen that from a lot of people recently. Um, I've seen a few mocks where he doesn't even go fifth and just people generally worried about, like, how old is he? Which I didn't, hadn't even heard that one yet. Mm-hmm. But I saw a few people bring that up, that it's unclear how old Jonathan Kaminga is. And then questions about his shooting, obviously. Yeah. And just overall, people feeling down on him. Yeah, I mean, I would still be very excited to get him. But, I mean, I'd be more excited for Jalen Suggs than I would be for him. And maybe that sounds will sound crazy in three years. But what Suggs brings is I don't, I don't know like that guy is just going to be a winner like he's just going to win NBA games so um all right anything else Al before we go uh we got a big game with the Mavs tonight as as me and Andrew predicted the Clippers are coming back partially led by uh Reggie Jackson who we also called oh my gosh Unfortunately, our reverse <laughs> jinx did not work. It actually played out exactly like that. I know. <laughs> Clippers are going to the championship, Al. That's what's going to happen. All right. Thanks for listening. We will be back on Friday. You guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Friday.